Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, we have a conversation with singer-songwriter Sandra McCracken on art, art in the church, and art in the world. To write something or to bring a song into the world does not make me more meaningful or more loved or more significant to God or to other people. And I think starting from that place of centeredness and receiving God's creative love and energy, I think that is, ideally, that's like where you begin. Hey, my name is Isaac, host of In Doubt. Hope you're all doing well. As you're now experiencing, we've made it into August. For those starting college and university, either for the first time or again this fall, you still have a few weeks to hopefully rest and prepare. Now, if you're one of the many listeners in British Columbia, you'll know that today marks British Columbia Day. This is a provincial holiday, uh, so people should be experiencing the beauty that is British Columbia. Um, I, on the other hand, spent the weekend in northern Alberta, spending time with friends. But anyways, happy British Columbia Day. So this week, I have the great privilege of talking with Sandra McCracken. I must have first probably come across her music in 2015, something like that. Uh, And she's not really in the mainstream Christian music scene. She's sort of done her own thing throughout the years. Um, Although she did recently do some work with All Sons and Daughters. That was probably last year now. I ask her about art, faith, Christian art in the church, and specifically the art of music and film and how they are the sort of the two pieces or mediums of art right now that are being used most in the church. I also ask her about the first step in creating things, and especially songs, since that's the art that she's into and has devoted so much of her life to. You'll definitely enjoy this conversation. And I want to remind everyone who's graciously listening in that our website has much more resources for you to hopefully learn and grow from. Every week we release an article that generally delves into a topic that's either addressed in that week's in Doubt program or it's just an important topic in general. Uh, we also, throughout the month, release newsfeed articles. Uh, they address kind of current events with a biblical perspective. Um, they're definitely not a news source, but what we're trying to do is help all of us think about current events theologically rather than strictly emotionally or physically or politically or whatever it may be. All of our resources can be accessed at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada or indoubt.com if you live in the States. All right, let's listen to our conversation with singer-songwriter Sandra McCracken. With me today is singer-songwriter Sandra McCracken. Uh, On her site, it lists at least seven albums she's done, but on Spotify, it shows three more. Uh, Going back to 1999, and maybe there's a reason why those first three aren't on her site. But either way, uh, she's been doing this for a while. Uh, Anyways, thanks for being here today, Sandra. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be with you. Um, First things first, um, who who are you? How how did you meet Jesus, and and what does your life look like right now? Uh, (laughs) Um, Well, I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm the youngest of five kids, um, big family, and um, we had a lot of cousins and extended family. So I grew up um, really finding that belonging in the context of community and um, came to Nashville in about 95 and became interested in songwriting. I was pretty much interested in music from a young age, okay. just even hearing it on, yeah. uh, on stereo and everybody in my family kind of playing songs for me that they loved. And so music and faith and family were all kind of interwoven. Right. Um, so that's become 
kind of my craft or the place where I uh, feel called vocationally to make art um, in the form of music. And then I, my mom had become a Christian before a few years before I was born and taught me the scriptures from a very young age cool. and prayed with me. And just, I don't really remember a time before that she was, um, had a lot of energy and kind of excitement, even as a young mm, Christian and, yeah. and the excitement that says like, Oh, I want to pass this to my kids. Yeah. And, um, so I was the beneficiary of that and it's been a huge part of who I am and how that the scripture and, and even hymns and songs got in my um, memory and in my heart <laughs> from such a young age. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, when you say that about your mom, that's I, my, my sister and I have the similar story where my my parents uh, became Christians about two to three years before we were born. So they were really kind of mm. gung ho and on fire for their faith, with re, which yeah. is really great for that to translate into us at a young age. Uh, so that's that's really cool. Um, <laughs> since we're going to be getting into faith and art, Sandra, and I mean, faith and art um, can be sometimes difficult to think about, at least for some people. Um, I, I remember actually asking uh, Drew Holcomb in a Twitter Q&A, I said, do you enjoy thinking <laughs> about the relationship between faith and art? And he was like, I do until the headache starts. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like we all feel that way a little bit. Um, anyways, I thought it would be good to begin the conversation with a simple, but maybe it's hard, uh, a question. What exactly is art and does the Bible shed light on what art is? Oh, wow. I, it's <laughs> such a good question and such a big question. Yeah. Um, one that, um, that takes a little time and may not have a clear answer. Um, but I think it's an important one. And I would say art is what comes out of us as people who are made in the image of God. So mm. God is the source and um, the builder, the architect, right. the designer, the, the potter, um, like all these images of him in the scripture that show us that he is innately artistic, like he is right. the source of all that. So by, as we are made um, and designed and in, like Psalm 139 says, you knit me together in my right. mother's womb, like this intentionality with how we're made just means we have his fingerprints on us and right. those fingerprints are art. And then as we put our hands to things in the world, that becomes art. And right. it's not just painting. It's not just music. It's not just the practical study. It's actually who we are. Um, right. And even people that don't feel like they're creative or very good at that, you know, maybe they're more like I, I'm interested in math. And, but even that it's like, you know, there's not, um, I think it's Kuiper who said, like, there is not a square inch over in this earth that that the Lord does not say, this is mine. Right, and yeah, yeah. So in all fields, there is artistry because right. we are made in the image of a creator God. Yeah, that, that's really cool to, to remember that because it's true. Some people really identify, like, I am an artist or I am creative, and, and some people don't. But the reality is, since we're made in his image, as you were just saying, uh, we all have that capability of doing things creatively, uh, whether it's a math equation or, you know, writing a song, which I think is, is really cool, right? Um, Sandra, I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like in the last 10 years or so, um, churches and parachurch organizations ha have really kind of grabbed hold of specifically the art of music and film. 
Uh, they use those two things to tell stories, to worship with, to do their announcements, to market and promote, all that stuff. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. That's good. But for the vast majority of Christian creatives in the church, I, I find that this can sometimes create a false mindset that, you know, music and film are like the most important mediums of art. Um, and then if they wanted to do art, they kind of have to either be on staff or volunteer at a church. I don't know. I know it's kind of a vague sort of thing, but do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I mean, in question and in hearing it, I, I guess the analogy that comes to mind is that like those forms of media are the, the present moment like the most accessible public transportation, you know, like right. socially. Right. So it's the way by which your idea comes over here or mine goes there. And so it's not, you know, of course it's not, it's not exclusive to church and church organizations or parachurch yeah. organizations. It's happening in the larger culture as we are more and more um, plugged in and we're more and more connected digitally to each other. Right. And all of the things that come with that and all the things we could say about that. I think it's on one practical, simple level. It's like, that's just how we are. That's how we communicate. Interesting. And that's yeah. the back and forth. So it would make sense that that's used by churches the way that we in a, as a church tend to follow the norms of the larger culture. Right. Um, rather than pioneering or leading out of true imagination that comes mm. from our design in the in who God has made us to be, we sort of just jump on the train, you know? Right. Yeah. And we're not, you know, we're not driving the train. We're not critiquing whether or not this train is going the right place. And trajectory is important because that train might be pretty close to where you're aiming. But then when it the trajectory is aimed pretty far out, you you might land somewhere you didn't mean to land. Right. Some whole exactly. other town. Yeah. Of, no, that's a good of thought or habit. And so so I would say like there, I don't feel a lot of judgment toward the music or film being used that way, but maybe even below that, that um, just to acknowledge that we are plugging into systems that are already in motion culturally that help us to communicate to each other and to find connection, which yeah. I think is the human kind of the human struggle is like, how do we how do we connect to each other in such an individualistic moment mm. of society? Yeah, no, that's that's great. That's great thoughts, Sandra. Thank you. Um now, how, how have you, as a Christian artist, or an artist who's a Christian, I'm not sure what you like to go by, but how have you, th- <laughs> how have you thought about uh, art in the church kind of generally and art in the world? So sort of separating the whole sacred-secular divide. Maybe there's a whole conversation there as well, but how has that played a role in your life? It's taken many—it's it's been kind of a meandering journey um, since I was really young. I— even when I was growing up, I was exposed to lots of different kinds of music. So my mom exposed me to church music, and then my dad and my siblings exposed me to different genres of style, like, you know, country and rock and roll and yeah. Johnny Cash, and I don't know what he is, but <laughs> like all these different, <laughs> right. you know. And I think that's that was part of my formation as an artist, as a musician, was to say, man, this is all this is all good. Like there's good and beautiful in every one of these different, um, reflections of, of music, uh, as, as far as genre and instrumentation and arrangements is concerned. So that led me on a path to try to figure out what is it that I want to make? And over the years that's changed. And Mm. sometimes I would make an album of, for the large majority of the time as, as a, as a vocation, as an, a, 
as a uh, like as a craft, I've made my living as a singer songwriter right, and just kind right. of stayed off the radar. And it was like Americana or folk or however you pop or however you would categorize that right. from record to record. Yeah. And then in the last few years, I have just I've just found a natural and personal calling toward uh, ministry in the church. Hmm. And I don't think it's more sacred or more elevated than the other. It's just where I've been called. And so right. my trajectory in that regard has moved me toward um, serving in a local congregation, singing and wanting to um, wanting to communicate scripture with new melodies in ways that feels fresh and um and emotive. And so I've spent a lot of time doing that. And I don't yeah. know that that's what I'll always do, but right. it's, I sure love it right now. Good. And I feel, yeah, yeah I, I guess that to say that I, I would value all kinds of shapes and sizes in terms of what we're called to do within a field. Yeah, no, that's good. Now, you know, what would you, as someone that's sort of been in the I don't know, you've been doing art through music for a long time now in the world, but also in the church. How would you encourage or maybe give guidelines to uh, young Christian creatives who desire to do art outside of the church? Would you would you kind of help give guidelines, I guess? Um, oh, man, I, I would encourage that. And I think um, I think doing all kind of like sacred and secular, I, I think that the distinction between those two can be a very, um, just the di- making a dichotomy out of those two where they're, where they're separate is, right. um, problem problematic. And so I would affirm creatives to, which is all of us and whatever the field to like, if you were, if you were in a different vocation, if you were like a math teacher, as we talked about the example of like math, you you wouldn't feel like it's more on one sense. It's like, you're not doing Christian math or secular math, you know, you're doing math and it's these, this is the design of the universe, the way that God has made it. And it causes us to wonder and worship and ask and scratch our heads and wonder, (laughs) especially in my case, when it comes to math. Right. And so (laughs) I think, I think it applies to music as well. And I would encourage um, folks to explore widely and within a general market of whatever their um, unfiltered art needs to be. And I think at the same time, we need community and I can be very permeable and I need I need to like know that I'm anchored to a community that I'm accountable to. So right. if I were just like off the rails and in a party scene with music for an extended period of time, it would it would be uh, it would cause my soul and my spirit to become hungry for mm. nourishment, yeah, you know? So just practically, it's like, it's not that I would be bad and the other is good. It would be like, you know, that's not really smart. You're not feeding your soul. Right. And so being connected and anchored to truth and to community, to um, other believers and to uh, the scripture, I think is, is part of the balance when you're um, continuing to be out in um, light and darkness whatever yeah. that looks like, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's good. And and sort of a- along with that question, to dig a little deeper on a specific part of that kind of issue, um, how would you encourage Christian creatives to not only think that their art can benefit a Sunday service, but also the rest of the world on any on any given day? Um, I think that's a great question to ask. And I, I would say the focal point for me is that I wouldn't think too widely or too... Uh, the the most effective and the most um, 
embodied form of faith would be small and particular. So rather than thinking about like, oh, these people on the other side of the world that I've never actually met and I don't really know anything about, like to try to think too far out there is, um, can be futile because you miss the idea that you are actually put in a place in life with very particular people. And those people you might want to like, um, you know, like you might have a resistance to because right. they actually know you and you know them. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Know? Yeah. So the more particular it is, if you're a songwriter and you're writing for a local congregation or you're writing for a particular service or you're setting music to a, a text that would be relevant for this Sunday in, in July, I mean, that tends to be where art becomes most universal at the same time Mm. because you're getting specific about what you mean and where it belongs. Yeah, that's good. Now, uh, this is kind of another question. It's kind of a shotgun approach, by the way. I'm just asking you all these different questions, which is awesome. You're giving uh, great answers. But how can we draw from the scriptures um, to help us uh, make our art, our art, I guess you could say. So for instance, you have your album called Psalms, which obviously, uh, you've, you went and spent time in the Psalms, uh, in order for you to then write these songs. So yeah, anyways, how can we draw from the scriptures to help us in our art? That's a good question. I, I think sometimes we can be very transactional or very pragmatic about like, oh, I just want to read this so that I can write something about it. And then you get to where you're just reading so that you can write something and you're not Mm. actually taking it in. But, you know, as John would say, like to eat the words that you actually take them in. And the psalmist talking about um, the words being like honey, it requires slowness of taste, of um, experience, of like, like letting all your senses take it in. Right. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I did make an album of Psalms, but that album formation actually began when I was probably three years old and my mom wrote portions of Psalms on an index card and it became like part of the sustaining grace of life was like, these are the words that you go to when you're sad or when you're scared or when you are happy. And as basic as that is, it's like, that was, um, that was a slow reveal, you know? (laughs) And I think, I don't know. I think that's the, I think that's the invitation of, faith and of even the Christian, the history of faith, um, is to say, we, we slow down, we are invited to slow down and to savor and to, um, just realize that God wants to meet us and not just have a transaction with us. He doesn't just want to save us. He wants to actually be in communion with us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was, um, I was just talking with, uh, Don Whitney a little while ago. He wrote a book, uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And he talks about um, meditation. And as you say this, you know, uh, all I have is that word meditation in my mind because really <laughs> that, that's what you're doing when you're, 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 uh. you're eating the words. You, they're like honey in your mouth. You're reflecting on them. It really is this kind of uh, meditation, which Psalm 1 tells us that we have to do anyway. So <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, and we kind of have to um, train our habits to where we would want that because right. um, because all the natural default, like the as uh, Jamie Smith would say, like the, the habits or the liturgical formation of our culture is like, go to the mall, buy something. Right. You know, it would, it would be very immediate gratification and, you know, just, just put something new on that and it's going to be, you know, shiny and everyone will want that. And it's like, no, this is an invitation to something else. It's, it's, um, it takes, uh, it's very opposite. And I think it's not just the discipline. I love that word meditation. And it's been 
one that I think is experiencing some revival because that mm. word is so associated with like Eastern or Buddhist ideas right. that we think, oh, just to empty our minds. But biblical uh, Christian, like Christ following meditation would be what you're describing, where you sit with the presence of God and allow him to speak yeah. um, truth and beauty that you're not, um, you're not having to do the work. You're yeah. just receiving yeah. his presence and then whatever he's going to give. And he's so ready to give. And, and, and so I think as we begin to taste that, like the honey, we begin to want more of exactly. it. And it, it does take time. Well, it's interesting as you say that I'm, I'm starting to think in my mind, I'm like kind of rhetorically, can a, can a good effective Christian artist be a super kind of fast-paced person in the sense that, you know, it says in the Psalms that we have to be still and know that he is God. And in order to actually, you know, meditate on scripture and fill our minds with who he is, you know, we can't be uh, a perfect product from our culture because our culture is go, go, go. I think there has to be that. Would you agree with that? That an artist has to kind of be like slow down a little bit? Yeah, I think it's even just like a, written on us as a human, the as humans. Like even for artists that are not followers of Jesus, there's there's something about Sabbath practice that was intended from the very beginning that mm. we have rest, we have white space. Right. So if you take a day off, I mean, even pure business principle, they do study when they do studies about. Um, people taking vacation time or taking a day off, shutting their phones off and being with their families, it increases productivity. Like practically, mm-hmm. it makes sense because we are designed for rest and we are designed ultimately to rest in God. Yeah. But those little things that we build in are, um, they just they just make sense. And so art that's coming up out of chaos or... Um, sort of the path of least resistance, just, you're just bottom feeding, you know, you're just kind of going along and taking the scraps of whatever sifting to the bottom, you know? Um, so I've, I've have a friend, um, Makoto Fujimura, who uh, is at Fuller Seminary and talks a lot about in culture care, his work. There are a lot of resources around from artists like, um, like Mako, who, who demonstrate the slowness of art and of being human and of, following Jesus in that way. And I've learned a lot just from, um, sitting with that. Yeah. That's, that's a really, really cool. Um, as, as our last question here, um, what would you say is the first step in creating a piece of art? So for you, maybe you could speak specifically when it comes to songwriting. What is the, what is the first step? Hmm. Um, that's a, right on the heels of your last question. I think the first step is, having enough margin. So having some rest, having a deep breath and, um, maybe it's a little bit of silence, prayer, Mm. um, time to reflect, time to shut things off and get quiet. Um, I think that feels like it helps to create a can, like a blank canvas, even if I'm not a painter, but metaphorically the blank canvas or the blank page and, kind of just letting that be and realizing that from that starting point that to write something or to bring a song into the world does not make me more meaningful or more loved or more significant um, to God or to other people. And when I think starting from that place of centeredness and receiving God's creative love and energy, I think that is um, 
man. I mean, ideally, that's yeah. like where you begin. That's so good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, and then lastly, lastly, for real, uh, you released God's Highway last fall. And to listeners who don't know what that is, that's one of uh, Sandra's albums. Um, thanks for your work on it. It's awesome. Um, Thank you. Can we be looking towards something new in the future? Yes, there's a new project called Steadfast Live that's coming out in August, in okay. August 25th. And it is a a recording, both audio and video. Um, so it's old fashioned, you know, DVD. They make like, I don't even know if anyone has DVD players anymore, <laughs> exactly. but it'll be available awesome. online as well. And, um, but we basically captured um, one evening performance in a living room in Nashville, like at an old church that's been converted mm. into a home. Cool. And it is, it's prayerful and contemplative and there's music performance and there's group singing and stories woven in. And it's just, it feels like, um, there are some new songs on that as well. And cool. it continues to, um, highlight some of the songs from God's highway and just this season of God meeting people and the stories of our lives. I love it. That's awesome. Um, Sandra, thanks so much for your time and your wisdom. Um, if you're listening right now and you're interested in Sandra's music or Steadfast, this new sort of initiative that they have coming out in August, uh, you can go to sandramccracken.com where you'll find um, all of her albums. Well, almost all of them. If you want those first three, then you go to Spotify. Um, <laughs> and if you're a musician, um, she's also put the lead sheets to her two latest albums up for free, which is also really cool. Um, anyways, thank you so much, Sandra, and I hope to have you back on the show again soon. Thank you so much, Isaac. That was Sandra McCracken. Again, to know more about Steadfast, that sort of live video recording that she's doing, which comes out later this month, uh, just head to sandramccracken.com and there you'll also find her music and all those different things, like I pretty much just said in our conversation. Anyways, coming up in early September, we have Christian counselor Brad Hambrick joining us for two weeks to talk to us and inform us on kind of everything mental health. Well, not everything, but a lot of things mental health. Um, I know we're still a few weeks away, but I wanted to put that in our ears now. Uh, whether or not you think it should be or not, uh, mental health is an issue. It's a rather large one, actually, today. Uh, I find that most people either kind of sit in uh, one of two groups. The first camp is, you know, mental health isn't a big deal. It's just emotions and this and that, and people are just overreacting and blah, blah, blah. So there's that kind of camp. And But then there's the other side that's sort of swung on the other side of the pendulum uh, where, you know, everyone's diagnosed and everything is a big deal and all that kind of stuff. So you have these two kind of viewpoints, which I don't know, I don't think really are helpful or really are biblical. And then there's also another small camp that they're just kind of apathetic towards it all. But anyways, Brad Hambrick, this Christian counselor, uh, he will really help kind of shape a biblical mindset in regards to what mental health is and how we should approach it biblically and all these different things. And then we spend some time talking specifically about uh, anxiety and depression is sort of these are the two kind of titles or words we use um, a lot. You know, we hear we hear it often associated with mental health, and people say, "I struggle with anxiety, I struggle with depression." So we're going to kind of uncover uh, those a little bit as well. Also, if In Doubt is a ministry that you agree with, as in you're, you're into the mission of bringing the gospel to the relevant issues of life and faith that we face every day, 
cultivating conversation, that I'd ask you to prayerfully consider making a donation. Everything that we do at Endowed is free, but it costs us money to do so. So if this interests you at all, just click the donate button and follow the prompts at endowed.ca if you live in Canada or endowed.com if you live in the States. Stay connected with us uh, throughout the week on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. It's really appreciated. Well, I'm Isaac, and next week we have a conversation with a brother from London, Ben Virgo, on the historical reformation, but also what needs to be reformed today. Ministries exist to bring a biblical perspective into the relevant issues of life and faith that young adults face every day. For more information, check out indo.ca if you live in Canada and indo.com if you live in the U.S.